right, so here is one, two, three. Great. All right. Well, that was almost together. <laughs> There's delay. There's delay. <laughs> anyway. Awesome. Hi, okay. Jamie. How are you doing today? Good. Or Good. great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is Jamie and Andrea, and we're here for Lexical Tones. And I have a lovely cough that I'm getting over as well, so... I have some congestion. You guys are. So, yeah, This is going to be a magical podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And we sort of wish this was an over-drinks podcast. Yeah. That would make both of us feel a little better. It would. It would. And it's 5 o'clock here, so the 5 o'clock somewhere actually would apply to this conversation directly. 2.15 here, so... Yeah, we don't, yeah, whatever. Oh my gosh. So today, what are we talking about today? We're talking about our music today. Yeah. And let's see, your your piece, Dite Me? Dite Me. Yeah. Okay. And your piece, Saturation, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. I listened to the correct one. And I did too. Uh, Okay, so far... We should congratulate Hello. ourselves because we, we have um, both listened to the correct pieces. <laughs> so. Although I still haven't edited that piece that I sent to you, and it is it is a bit of a mess of a score still. Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm actually amused that they performed it so well on a score like that. So I was going to ask you about who did you write it for? Um, so last year I was the composer in residence for the Soto Voce Vocal Collective in Buffalo, New York. Okay. And uh, so they performed a piece of mine that I had written for Quince, Contemporary Vocal Ensemble. Um, it's called Concealed Imaginings. And then I wrote them a brand new piece um, for mixed for, for a sextet of vocalists unaccompanied. And it is... It was really tough, and they did a really great job. Yeah, I was looking at the really score, and I was, I was. So if you ha- if you haven't seen the score, there's all these quarter <laughs> tones and everything in there for the choir. So I was very impressed that mm-hmm. they did so. I well. really stressed yeah. them out. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. So. <clears throat> I think I I had imagined the range of our, our first soprano with the uh, perfect pitch of the second soprano. And put them into the same character in my brain at some point last November. (laughs) And then when I got to rehearsals, we were like, oh, wait a second. You're two different people. You should have had the quarter tones and you should have had the high D and another, you know, you shouldn't have, that shouldn't have been the same part. Yeah. (laughs) I I could see that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but it was, and my God, they pulled it off. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. So tell. So I assume you wrote the text. I did write the text. I wrote the text a long time ago. Maybe I should have looked at my own score this morning before. Uh... <laughs> I think I have it up here. We could we could um, share a screen. <clears throat> I could share. Um, I'm looking at you on a phone, so I might not be able to read something that small. Oh, but okay. I do sort of remember it. So it's basically. Um, Oh, I sat down to write it, and I was—I knew I wanted to write a chaconne hmm. for the formal structure, um, and I didn't really have much more structure than that in my head when I sat down to write it. But I had this cool idea 
when I was in Italy, the uh, waiter or the, the barista at our favorite cafe would just walk up and say, Diteme. Instead of, you know, like, what can I get for you? She would mm-hmm. just say, tell me. Yeah. And I was like, that is such a, like, <laughs> it would seem curt, except she's such a warm woman. So right. I was, I, I, that phrase kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I sat down to write this piece, I was like, you know what? I like, I like the idea of, of just a short, like, tell me idea. Um, but what is being told? What, when do we use that phrase? And um, I liked the idea of being haunted, kind of not by a a dead person, but by things unsaid. Okay. Or, um, or this is a weird one, body parts. Yeah. I find that I inherited the hands of a member of my family. And every once in a while, I look down while I'm picking something up and I'm like, why is she here? And, and, and it holds me back for a second. And, uh, and I thought about, you know, that relationship for a while and what would I say if that person were around? And it was kind of this idea of they, they, they sort of haunt me in some mm-hmm. ways, but they're not dead. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this idea started growing and eventually I got to the point where, you know, Chacon is a really straightforward form and I like to complicate my life by taking straightforward forms and bashing them a bit with a hammer before using them. And, um... And so it all kind of jumbled and combined, and in the end, it's it's sort of a piece that pays homage to House of Leaves. The um, oh, now I've forgotten his name, Daniel Z. I've forgotten his last name. It's a weird, weird book with really strange typeset, and it's fantastic. It's about a house, and the people who have lived there, and the inside dim- uh, dimensions are bigger than the outside dimensions. Oh. And, like, psychedelic stuff happens. Okay. But also, when you're reading it, you get little, like, windows through to the next page or all the way through to, you know, 20 pages from now. You get just, like, little cutouts of the text. Um, That's cool. The page the page is obviously solid, but the way he has set it up, you can see you can see through. And I'm doing air quotes around mm-hmm. see-through. So, um, so those were a lot of the ideas that I kind of poured into this piece, um, and, and out came Ditame, and, uh, a lot of the text is either tell me or, um, or the Ditame repeated in, in, you know, kind of a annoying, haunting, pulsing style, um, but it's also about how, you know, relationships between people just sometimes go to pieces and they rot right in front of you because they're not well maintained. And that's, you know, I never fail to disappoint you. I hope with the creepy stories and texts (laughs) that I use, I feel like the most memorable disappointment. I (laughs) I feel like this has happened since the first semester we worked together. (laughs) Though I love our conversations. I always, (laughs) yep. Yep. So, if there's any way to twist and creep out a thing that should be fairly straightforward, send it my way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a bit of, of the background on the piece. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, when you were working with the choir, how how did they handle all the chord tones? If, like you said, you you gave them to the wrong person. <laughs> Um, she did fabulously. In the end, she, she really worked it out. And we kind of, um, the biggest problem was that she liked to compress the microtones. And so they were like little, like 
barely inflections. Mm. Um, but she eventually got it. This particular group uses tooting forks, and I they look like uh, a choreographed dance with them by the time the performance gets around. They're mm. just, you know, like they often <laughs> get them smack them on the opposite shoulder and then pull them back. So if it's, if the fork is in their right hand, they'll slap it on their right shoulder and put it, hold it to their right ear and they're all doing it at different times. So it ends up being a little bit of a dance in the end, but that's uh, most of the time how they worked with, with uh, that piece, Um, which does not help the microtones all that much, but those were in fairly linear chromatic Mm -hmm. lines. I, I don't think there was any moment where I had them jump to a microtone. So, um, so that's frequently how that. we did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love me some microtones, but I also know about vocal writing enough to know that I'm not going to make them do that. Yeah. At least not now. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I did hear Quince do the Feldman piece last year and mm-hmm. that was incredible. So. Three voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Weird, weird side tangent. I have a cat that loves that recording. Oh, it's so weird. I will start playing it anywhere in the house, and she will come and purr next to the laptop. Wow. I wonder what that's about. Is... I have no idea. I have no idea. She doesn't do it with any other pieces. So isn't and, there, like, some composer like... who writes for cats? Well, I think now it's Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's, like, somebody who's, like, set out <clears throat> to write music for cats. <laughs> Check it out on the web. It's full of magnificent Yeah, that makes things. sense. <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, so I know the backstory of your of the the hands. So how did you write that yeah. into the piece? Like reaching out and grabbing at something. Oh, I think the way that the text ended up playing out, the text that I used were was um, these hands are not my hands; they're hers. Um, and in the end, that the you know whatever character was saying this towards the beginning in one of the earlier. Um, in one of the earlier variations of the Chaconne, you know, in the end, they kind of reclaimed it as their, their these, these are my hands, I am fine. You know, they, they kind of space back out from that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, there were these, this um, idea that <laughs> part of your body is, I mean, I imagine <laughs> that there's a transplant issue with that. You know, they're like, no, I'm serious. Some people don't recognize a transplanted body part as being their own, which is why... You know, face transplants take so much psychological... I don't know why I'm going down this road. Please stop me. <laughs> stop. Just stop. <laughs> okay. Well, Can't but, like, yeah, yeah. the fact that you inherited these things... I mean, we do understand genetics a bit, so we understand mm-hmm. how, you know, resemblances come, you know. I mean, yeah. you've seen my kid. She yeah. looks like me, so... She does. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, actually, and I think we all kind of spend time figuring out. Well, the nose was grandma's. Yeah, 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 and and the big toe was dad's for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all do this, but but to have something that you know we don't actively think about. I think that's the th- the thing that you know stuck with me about the hands is that I'm never sitting there trying to figure out where they came from. It's always in in a passing 
motion. I'm trying to get something or do something. And I look down and I'm like, okay, that's a moment I didn't expect to have today is mm-hmm. being surprised by the look of my own appendage. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Does it's this disrupting. happen when you're playing the bassoon? Do you like look down and you're like, okay. That's, <laughs> that's a different that's a different problem okay oh my god thumbs um (laughs) no it's usually when I'm picking up something and and uh and I can see my thumbnail because that's that shape of the thumbnail is really extremely similar oh and you talk about that a lot right in the in the piece um where is that uh yeah there is one line I forgot about that line um using the thumbnail to trace your wrist yeah so just just like you know to just draw on it not not Mm -hmm. There is, yeah, there's implied violence in there, but it's not actual. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that. I have a really great tattoo on my wrist. I don't want to get rid of it. Um, (laughs) So just, you know, the idea of of just like, you know, drawing with your, your thumbnail on your skin, Mm -hmm. um, it it being something that brings that back. Yeah. The thumbnail looks, I don't know why this has stuck with me so much. (laughs) I wrote it into a weird, weird piece. (laughs) But you know, that's, that's. That's good. That's you. You're just you're just doing you, and that's that's really I, terrific. <laughs> super true. So, um, so so this is gonna be Soto Voce. So this recording is Soto Voce, and I believe we're listening to the premiere. We're hoping to record it in a couple of months, um, but they're all all of the members of this ensemble are also either in the master's or doctoral program or have, or just graduated up in Buffalo, um, from university of Buffalo. And so, uh, you know, one of them is like taking their exams this month and we'll just see how the recording process goes. But this is the live recording from the premiere last spring. And who's um, conducting? No one. Oh, fancy. No one. Yeah. This is a chamber vocal group. So they all, um, rely on one another. Um, their director, Jesse Downs does sometimes conduct rehearsals, but in order to do that, she has to step out of the piece, which means they're missing a part. So Mm. she did it for quite a few of the rehearsals leading up to, um, up to it, but obviously would jump right back in and, and, uh, as soon as they got past what needed to be conducted. So yeah, here it is. Set of voce.
was ridiculous. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell us some more about that. <laughs> the positive part. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, let's dig and find... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I had a really um, busy summer, and I feel like I want to say the busiest in a while, and I'm probably lying. Um, I kicked off my summer in Albany, New York. Uh, I went to MPAC, the... Menaslar Center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And participated in the Albany Symphony's... Um, first orchestration workshop that they did for um, young professionals. There were 12 of us in my class and we worked with Chris Theofanidis and had a six day workshop, which was like crash course and orchestration. Um, We presented on our own music. We laughed. We had way too much food. We did. It was great. It was fantastic. And that was surprising because that I applied for at the end of April and it actually took place at the end of May. Whoa. Oh, yeah. That was, um, I applied because I lived across the state. Yeah. If, I have no idea how the guy from, uh, the guys from Florida and Colorado afforded the plane tickets because I was like, it's a three hour drive from, a four hour drive for me. If I hadn't been closer, I don't know what I would have done, but it was really wonderful and, and, uh, a very surprising because it was, you know, a one month kind of decision thing mm-hmm. um a you, surprising aspect of my summer <laughs> yeah no that's really great I've I've now worked with the Albany Symphony twice and I just I love working with them you know they're so, mm-hmm. they're just so dedicated to new music and really bringing out what's special about each piece and so I'm, I'm really I was so happy to see that you got to, to have that experience with them and it's it's cool yeah. that they're going in that yeah. direction so Um, They'll definitely do it again, as far as I've heard. They'll definitely be doing it again uh, this coming summer. Um, And I actually want to send some students. I haven't actually written an orchestra piece for adult orchestra yet. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's part of the reason why I did it. Um, I've written two youth orchestra pieces. One's a string orchestra, one's a full orchestra. And I feel like they, they went. They were younger pieces in my work list but um and i have since pulled one of them because it doesn't really work um we all have those pieces we pull yes we do we do (laughs) or 10 unfortunately (laughs) i i pulled it when somebody was asking for it and i was like i'm sorry but that's not actually available i don't know why it's still on the website i'm just gonna yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's a retired uh, work you can go to the bottom of the website (laughs) it's not even on the site Um, yeah, so I have, I actually, Andrew and I are writing two pieces, two new pieces, uh, one each for the Cleveland Orchestra of Tennessee for this year. Oh, Um, it's going to be, they're going to be premiered on the same concert in April. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to do this, I should do it right. So I applied to Albany and I I got accepted and I'm like, I'm going to be the oldest student there, but I don't really care. I want to go work with Chris. And uh, I wasn't oldest. (laughs) They had a really great range of us. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, it was it was delightful. So yeah, I'm glad I did it. But I got a, you know, a refresher course in orchestration. (laughs) Hey, you know, we all need to revisit all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Uh, So yeah, after that, I think I had like a month at home, uh, which I was running around like a crazy person trying to prepare for the next travels because it was five weeks straight. 
I flew to Italy and spent three weeks there uh, working for the Soundscape Festival. And then um, I flew to Banff, Canada. Mm -hmm. Well, I flew to Calgary and spent three days getting over jet lag instead of sightseeing. It was magical. There was a Thai place that delivered. Um, <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, <laughs> and then I went up to Banff and did the Resonant Bodies um, evolution thing that's kind of associated with both the International Contemporary Ensemble and, and Banff and Resonant Bodies. And it was it was a really crazy week mm -hmm. on a very tight time frame and a lot went down. <laughs> and uh, But in the end, uh, I completely kind of broke the shell open on this piece and rebuilt it, rebuilt it in six days mm -hmm. or maybe four days. Um, and that piece is cool. And I couldn't record it for this because I don't have all the permissions set for the text, but yeah. that's going to be the next thing I think, because it, it ended up being a really wonderful, uh, collaboration. So Excellent. yeah. Excellent. And then I collapsed in a heap on my bed for four days straight because that's five weeks of travel by yourself is no joke. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I just yawned. I apologize, everyone. <laughs> I'm just oh, tired yeah. listening to it. That's why I yawned. <laughs> yeah. Um, my very last night away from home was spent wrapped around my bassoon case, sleeping on the floor in the Denver airport. And it was oh. just like, we romanticize travel so much. <laughs> the being there is nice. The getting Being there, there was not beautiful. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like I, I flew straight from Italy, which is the best food place I've ever been. Oh yeah, hands down. To the Canadian Rockies. <laughs> What's not amazing about that? And the answer is how your breath smells when you get off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe your feet too. Right? <laughs> I don't even want to talk about my feet. <laughs> We want to talk uh, about your body parts enough. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so that was that was this summer, um, and my god, I learned. I fell off trains. I what? You, okay, you can't just say that and not expect me to follow up. <sighs> that one was tough. Um, I got lost my first day in Italy because I was tired, and I <laughs> soundscape in, is in this town called Cesena. So I got to the Milan airport. It should have been like an hour and a half, two hours max on the train. I was like, okay, I got this. I went to the terminal. I bought my ticket. Last year, I didn't even know you could buy train tickets at the Milan airport. I took a bus to the central station. I learned that much last year. I went to the terminal. I typed in CES and a city popped up and it looked just like Chisena. And so I bought the tickets and I was wondering why it was going to take me four hours. Yikes. And I thought there must have just been a weird long layover. Darn it. Oh, well. I'll still get there today. So it turns out there's this small town on the French border called Cezanne. And that's what pops up first when you type in C-E-S. Oh. And I was tired. So yeah. I got on the train. <clears throat> got on the train. And I started going. And I still had um, my cell service turned on for the day. I'd like do a, a daily package. So you spend 10 bucks, but you have your pretty much normal data, uh, not data, but talk and text. And about, I let's see, I was on my second train. And I uh, was about an hour and a half into this trip. 
And Andrew sent me a message, my husband, everybody's familiar with him from <laughs> Overdrinks Podcasts. Um, he sent me a message that said, what are you doing northwest of Torino? And I said, I don't know, leave me alone. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's not and the I right thought, answer. <laughs> I, I thought nothing of it for another 15 minutes. And then I went, northwest? I shouldn't be northwest of anything. I'm yeah. almost, I should be almost to the ocean. Yeah. Or the, the yeah, you know, the Adriatic. Yeah. yeah. So I pulled up maps on my phone and I got on a train going northwest out of Milan Oof. instead of southeast and uh and, and went <laughs> I'm on I'm like you know I don't speak the language well enough to be like oh my god I'm lost <laughs> so um I got off the train in a town called Colenio oh, nice <laughs> which I still find amusing but <laughs> Um, it's the only part of this that was amusing. I, uh, had brought a lot of the, the scores and printed parts for the festival in my suitcase. So I actually had an overweight suitcase with me. It was 65 pounds. Oh, dear. And Colenio is one of those towns where the platform doesn't come up to meet the train. The people go down to meet the pavement. And oh. I was standing backwards. I had my bassoon on my back, my laptop bag over my shoulder. And I just, I gave a little yank on my suitcase and I flew like a cartoon character backwards off that plane oh, no. or train. I just went pew <laughs> and landed on my back on top of my bassoon case, which thank God is fiberglass, yeah. um, under my suitcase and had a gigantic blood blister on my palm from trying to like flail and catch myself. And I, it was, oh no. <laughs> Super duper embarrassing, and I thought I broke my ankle. Oh, no. Oh, it was so bad. It poofed up to, like, twice the size it normally was. I had to go down a flight of stairs and then back up on the other side to even buy a, t a new ticket and then catch the train back to Milan. Oh, no. Oh, I mean, it's one of those moments, though, where you literally can do nothing but laugh. <laughs> because... You just screwed up so fucking bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a foreign country. And there was, I mean, like, I still, I got the last possible train I could have gotten and still arrived in Chizena <laughs> on the same calendar day <laughs> oh, goodness. before the train stopped running. I almost had to, like, get a hotel in a, in a you know, in one of the other towns. And my train, and my trains back to Chizena didn't actually go through Milan or Bologna. They cut south a little bit. So I was in small town city for the entire rest of the trip. But it was like seven hours and seven trains. Mm. It was magic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I flew off a train backwards. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, it's, okay. it's absolutely hilarious now. <laughs> well, those things, you know, those little weird things happen. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I do you ever watch Call the Midwife? Do, um, do you whenever watch? I'm not in the mood to cry. I mean, whenever I'm in the mood to cry. Okay. Yeah. So Kaisa <laughs> and I were in trying to get from our friend's house to the London airport, and somehow my card reader hadn't for our tickets to get on the the overground. Like it didn't read it. And mm. so when the ticket person got on the train, she's like, I can either give you a huge fine or you can jump off the train, go tag your thing. And yeah, so I had to leave Kaisa on the, the podium. <gasps> oh, my God. 
because the next train was coming. I had to run, 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 and then come back up. And oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. all the bags so and everything, you know, so. things like I for, I kept forgetting to like yeah validate the ticket right. You have to like stamp it for the day right. Is that what you no, were doing? No, this was because I was going from the subway to the overground, you know, the above ground, oh. and and like <clears throat> I walked by it and I held out our tickets, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to go dink and. I wasn't listening for <laughs> the dink. I was. I didn't hear the dink, but I wasn't listening for it either. I just assumed because we went by mm-hmm. that it had done it. And the lady had no yeah. patience. I was like, "We're on it. Like we have lots of money on our tickets. We won't be back for years. We'll have to buy new ones. This is just free mm. money for the system." She's like, "Get off, or I'm going to give you a ticket." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I'm literally oh trying my. to leave your country." <laughs> I love having that much public transit available. I I love that about Europe, but I also feel like a really stupid American every single time. I'm like, but I forgot to stamp it, but I forgot. I don't understand how to get on that train. What platform is it on? It doesn't say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I thought I was going to pass out. Good thing I've been running a lot because uh, the day I left... I had to get to the Milan airport, which is a longer train ride than I remembered. And I had to, like, check out of my Airbnb nice and early and then um, get to the subway. And I, like, caught the last possible subway I could have and still made the train and didn't realize that the trains only ran every half hour. And I caught it way, 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 way too close. And then I couldn't figure out which platform. Oh, no. And when they told me it was the furthest platform away... And I broke into a sprint with my now, it wasn't 65 pounds anymore, but it was like 58. Yeah. <laughs> it was still just barely over that thing. So I sprinted with all of this crap <laughs> towards platform one. When I actually got on the train, I had to stop and just stand in the doorway, yeah. like trying to get oxygen. They were like, colors, swirling colors. <laughs> yeah. And somebody was like, you can sit. And I said, no, I can't. <laughs> I need to stand here and just work on a regular metabolic thing like breathing. (laughs) It was not fainting. That's my goal. Not fainting. (laughs) Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, it was. I was like that. That very, very, very purple red American out of shape color. (laughs) I will say that my my pink face comes directly from Finland. So. Well, whenever I do something and my face turns pink, I can be like, thanks, Grandma and Grandpa. <laughs> That's, not this. That's not what this is. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So we should talk about saturation because that's oh, yeah. not body part dependent. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. Though it has more to do with, like, the gasping for breath thing than um, one knows. So. That. I get that. That's a fun thing to do. Um, So I read your program note um, Mm -hmm. earlier today, and I love the idea of the 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 ground being saturated. Right? You said that you were it was raining, right? And it just got to the point where the 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 grass, the ground couldn't take anymore, and it was just starting to flood. Yes. Um, And tying that to emotion, and my God, that's a really I hear yeah. that yeah. description. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so the piece is kind of tied to this just kind of sad part of my life, and so um, my my mom had um, had 
a massive heart attack and stroke. And um, oh. so it was written in that period when I was just driving back and forth and back and forth and back and forth mm. to the hospital and sleeping in weird positions and hospital rooms and all of these things. And um, the yeah, it was just raining and raining and raining. And it was right when our president was being inaugurated. Oh and God. it was just like <laughs> everything. And it was right, it was like, it was either the weekend right before the, the semester began or the first weekend, like the first Friday of the semester that this happened. Mm. So it was like that moment when you're, you know, running and getting everything ready for the semester to be going. And I was traveling and back and forth to Portland at all weird hours. And so I just couldn't take anymore. <laughs> I couldn't add one more thing. And so yeah. that was... Um, kind of the emotional state that I was in when I was writing it. And I, but I also had to write this piece and of <clears throat> yeah. And, and it was like the piece had to be done because it was tied to this recording project. That's that was completed over the summer. And, um, and I wanted, I wanted to, to do that too. And, um, Edith Schneer, uh, commissioned the piece for, um, soprano saxophone and piano and um, she knew that then she would be recording it over this last summer. Um, and they're going to take it on tour in all sorts of fun places. So I was like, oh, I really need to <laughs> write the piece. And, you know, um, every piece that we write is just kind of a snapshot with whatever we're dealing with at that moment, too. Like our lives should and are part of all of what we do with our art. Um, and so even though it's not one of those pieces that's necessarily complete saturation sonically, mm -hmm. it's, it's emotional saturation, I think. And so, yeah, I mean, there's some, yeah. also some, yeah. might, you know, multiphonics and things in there that are part <laughs> of it, but you know, it's just, they're, they're more that like, I, it's more expressing that moment of like being overwhelmed yeah. by, yeah. by just life. And what's going on definitely so, yeah yeah so um, that's what was going on there yes <laughs> yeah let's talk to you know we don't always have the luxury of writing from an emotional neutral point in fact i you know some of my students are like oh life is it's just so hectic and and i talk about trying to center themselves before they start writing and i'm like i i say this knowing full well i've had exactly <laughs> one day where I've experienced an emotionally neutral mindset. Even when I'm meditating regularly, I'm usually like, you know, I'm at least a few rungs down the emotion of mm -hmm. either happy or I'm grumpy about something or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not always the extremes. Yeah. Like, this idea of emotional saturation is definitely, you're at, not only in an extreme, but you're at the brink of just toppling over under all of this. But yeah, yeah, like we don't get to stop sometimes and say, I need to write this from a more neutral yeah. place. Yeah. Could you all just deadlines. be well for a second so I yeah. can write my piece? <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. 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 Excuse me, life. Could you just shush, just shush for a minute? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's things we can do. Like, uh, you know, when I'm really under pressure to meet a deadline, I turn off email notifications on my phone. Yeah. And I've had to do that this this summer um, because I had this orchestra commission that came up kind of out of the blue and which is really great. I'm excited about it. I th yeah. think I just reached the end like a half hour ago. <laughs> I think. Like I have to fill stuff in, but I, I, think, I think it's done. 
I? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Haven't made a Facebook official. Anyway, but um, because I had to write the piece kind of so fa- normally I have to, you know, ruminate on things a bit before I start writing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mm-hmm. have that luxury this time. And so nope. I um, just had to do it. And so I just basically took Facebook off my phone and I don't go to Twitter and, you know, all these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it's really refreshing. Oh, it's nice. I recommend it to everybody. <laughs> but I, mean, I check it, you know, like I check it more than I want to admit right now, but you know, I have to go to it. <laughs> I have to go to the tab on my, on my computer. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it really does impede on, on life. And mm-hmm. you know, I think I really think about Facebook and Twitter, Twitter as being like benign invasion. Like I ask for it when I go there. <laughs> And often I'm like, oh, that's just that person and their opinion and whatever. Mm. But I feel like the email is is a constant assault, you yeah. know, because it's people asking for things from me usually. And it's probably stuff I owe them and I know I'm overdue, <laughs> but there are like 40 of you, so you've just got a deal. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I just don't like it. Anyways. Yeah. Um. So what did you what did you do to compose while also being in that heightened state of emotions? Were you able to create a space where you felt like you could do it or did you just pour it all in? I just it was actually fast when all was said and done and so you know you um my friend Kristen Custer, you know so she mm-hmm. I talked about her with this and she said, "You know what? You have the training. Trust the training. Mm. Don't question it. Just write, just go." And the piece is going to be what it is, you know, and uh, she's, and she said, you know, my, my favorite three pieces are the ones that I just, just did that boom, you know? (laughs) And, um, so, so I had, I I did that and I I didn't have a lot of time. And I luckily, like there was this day that Edith, um, called and she said, Hey, great news. I, I have at the two extra weeks that I can give you because X, Y, and Z. And I was like, you're the best. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even have to ask for it. <laughs> I didn't even have to ask yep. for the extension. I was so nice. I was like, oh, I had fully intended to meet the deadline, but then I didn't have to. And so I was very happy. So I got those two weeks and that, that made a lot of difference. So that's awesome. Yeah. And you know, you know how it is when you're teaching too, you know, that you, I mean, at least for me, I, I find that I can be kind of creative at two things at one time, but a third mm. thing is very difficult. So I can be creative in teaching and composing, but then family or other stuff suffers mm. or I can do really awesomely with family and composing, but then school suffers. So I usually try to compose in the breaks. So we have a January mm. term where I have all January off and, and the summers. Um, so that's when I usually try to do bigger projects. Um, anyway, but this was one of those things that like everything got smashed together. Yeah. And I had to just do it. I had to just, just, just do, just do it all. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, like Christy says, just trust the training. So Trust um, the training. Trust I like the, it. Yeah, I really use it. yeah. And, <laughs> and if you've done your work and you've studied all the things, then you can, you know, you can do it. So the piece is kind of in three weird little sections. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to ask. So they're not movements? <laughs> they're not movements, but they're kind of like just section headings. 
So I don't know. Hilarious because if they were movements, the middle would have been slow, and the two external parts probably would have been faster. And this was the inverse. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And the close were slow, and the middle was fast. And I was going to ask you about that, but if it's a, if it's one continuous thing, then that's not quite as, uh, it's not necessary as often. So yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, and I never really. I don't follow traditional forms. Well, I don't. I mean, um, yeah, so, yeah. Um, we, you know, you can have the hammer next. Um, yeah, but thanks. <laughs> so, it wasn't like I expected that from you, but at the same time, I looked at it and I was like, "Oh, that's funny." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they're not movements. They're just more like <laughs> things to organize my own thoughts. And mm-hmm. um, and it was funny because the first, when it was played at, at Linfield, where I teach, they they listed the movements or whatever they are the section headers or something mm. and um, Sean Friedenberg who I think you know the the saxophonist he oh, yeah. um, he was there because he's in Portland and um, he said oh after the first one I was like yeah let's hear the other two <laughs> I was like nope that's the bass <laughs> that's it <laughs> you not <laughs> um, so yeah no it's it, But it's, you know, so for me, it's the, yeah, those outer two moments are just so, they're slow and um, sparse. And it's, it's, the tension comes from that just waiting for news, waiting for something good, waiting for Mm. a breakthrough, waiting for, you know, a relief, a sense of relief. And then, you know, that middle is more like, just like, you got to do it. Like, you know, I had to give a faculty lecture that (laughs) semester and I had to fly all over the place and you just, you got to do the stuff. You got to write the piece. You got to, got to get back and get your grading done. And so (laughs) it's kind of like that stuff happened. And you know, you can almost think of it like there's the week and then there's the weekends or something, you know, it's almost Mm -hmm. kind of like you can kind of, yeah. Yeah. reclaim yourself and so i don't know that's kind of what's huh. going on there um and we'll, well only I be listening you to... also like in there you used uh the multiphonics and i know you said that they're like the on the brink of of just screaming type of <laughs> yeah. emotional point but you also use them in one of my favorite ways <laughs> which is what <laughs> tell me <laughs> which is <clears throat> i you know I've, there's plenty of ways to use multiphonics most common is i need a random noise I try not or to do that. Or I need one. to yeah. imply something is scary here. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know th- this is not a cri- this is actually one of the funniest pieces I've seen that in but like there's a piece for solo bassoon called Jabberwocky Jam that's just like it's 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 a hilarious little piece but in the middle of it there's like these pulsing multiphonics and and in a weird rhythm. I was just like, "Oh god, that's not what the- those do. Come on." <laughs> but they can. Um, <laughs> But the other two ways that I usually think about it is that they enhance gesture or they're used, and this is the rarest one, <laughs> they're used for their pitch content. Mm. I always try to use and, them for pitch. Yeah, and so few people do because so few of them are reliable. Mm. But not on saxophone. Right. Saxophone yeah. is much better than yeah. the weird thing I play. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I, We get asterisk. <laughs> And now we're going on a tangent. Yeah, <laughs> asterisk. We'll come back. Um, yeah, no, I always try. I've always used them for pitch content. Isn't mm. that funny? That's funny that you say that's the rarest, but that's the only way I ever use them. So that's, huh. I think it's because people give me a lot of, of pieces or tell me I should, oh, you should go listen to this. It's got oh. those things that you've written a book about. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe, yeah. 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 
That's what mansplaining looks like to somebody who's an expert in multiphonics, what? by the way. Well, I, I, I can believe it. <laughs> I can believe it. Go use this piece where they make scary noises. <laughs> well, like, a lot of people don't understand them, you know, so... Yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to not name composers, but someone was telling nope. me this this <laughs> last summer at something I was did, um, that they were talking about how multiphonics, you know, they always sound like Chewbacca, you know, and, and I was like, I mean, if they're lame. I was right? going to say, there's like three of them that actually sound like Chewy. <laughs> so, <laughs> not, it's not the way I use them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, that's the you know the way I talk to little kids about them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> We're all in the thirty plus group here. Let's talk about them like adults. <laughs> well, that's nice of you. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I am in the plus the plus <laughs> side of it. I don't tell dates. I don't tell dates. No, they're, on, they're on my website. Or at least my scores. They're on my scores. Um, <laughs> Easy information to find. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So that's that's anyway. kind of what that piece was about. And then um, so Edith and Grace, I think it's Unhei Unhei Choi. She they recorded it this summer down at the University of Oregon, and she has requested that we just do a little little snippets of it. Okay, fair enough. Um, because it won't. It's going to be on a new recording that's not being released for a while. So. She, she asked that we... So we're giving you a taste a so taste that you can go and piece. find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it will be listed and linked on the adjective product page for this. Yes. And I'm not selling anything right now. No, no, no. <laughs> not CDs, not scores, nothing. nothing. <laughs> or everything. <laughs> you can find it all there at adjective. <laughs> My <Yeah>. God. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's listen. So what are we listening to right now? So we're listening to the recording session that they did. um, Mm -hmm. And are we going to listen to first section or dive into the second? What are we listening to? I thought we could just have a little taste of each. That's awesome. All right. Let's do it. All right.
they are fantastic performers. Awesome. I think really hard to sell um, the insistence with that thinner sound. You know, I think with your 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 title implies possible <laughs> harmonic saturation, and you've given them, you know, a, a, a fingernail hold on a mountain ledge to get <laughs> this idea across. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, right? And, I, and I've thought about that a lot of times, like, maybe I should change the title. But I'm like, no, Mm-mm. no, no, no it's, I it's think the it's the title. I mean, that's it. I think those, I think titles are the most important thing for me to bring myself back to what the piece is about when mm. I get lost in it. Mm-hmm. And so I always have a title first, and, and I don't know that you did that with this, but, you know, the concept is, is all right there in the one word. Yeah, yeah. So if you change it, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and it's not, not just because point. we'll have to change the website. <laughs> <laughs> I don't plan to change it at all. But, I it. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you know, it just it, it has been one of those things that yeah, I had the title, and you you kind of set out to write a piece, and then life happens, and it took me in a different direction with it. But the title <laughs> still really fit what yeah. I was experiencing. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so. But titles <laughs> awesome. are funny, you know. I often um, have all these things that I'm thinking about, so it's very hard for me to write program notes because I have 97 things that the piece is about. Um, <laughs> I'm doing that right now yeah. to myself. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> my orchestra piece is kind of like that, that I started with, I, with a, with a title and then I've tried several times to pick a different title and I, I kind of keep coming back to it. So well, what's the title? If well, you're allowed to say, yeah, now it's say? water sings fire. Water sings All right. fire. Yeah. So cool being premiered in January by the Louisiana Yay. Philharmonic. So I'm excited. About that's that. awesome. Yeah. 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 That's very cool. Yeah. I'm doing the same thing with my upcoming orchestra piece. I'm like, it's about this cause, cause it is, but it's also about ants because <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> and I don't understand how to tell you that they're related, but it is. <laughs> that's in all my, we need to know. In my head, they're totally related. And you're going to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Or you won't hear the ants part at all. It's just going to be part of like the little underlying structure of the thing. So yeah. So that's my question. So I have all these things that I think about the piece being. Does Mm -hmm. it matter to you if people hear your ants? No. Yeah. I'm the same. Not at all. No. I'm the same. It just helps Um, me compose. What about you? mm -hmm. I think it helps me from from composing away from the subject (laughs) like it's I am a tangent led person Hmm. we've done it several times already (laughs) we talked about falling off a train in the middle of this like like, (laughs) right it's it's really easy for me to go hey that sound I'm gonna follow that that direction Mm -hmm. and then end up in France um and (laughs) but you know ants work like that right they're like oh ants work (laughs) (laughs) yeah Oh, what's off that way? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, I, I think it helps me come back to the central concept and keep it all about the the one thing that I want it to be about so that I follow my own rules mm-hmm. and my own structure. Because if I'm going to break one of those rules, I'm going to do it because my ear is leading me that direction, not because my pencil has led me mm. <laughs> that direction or the copy paste button yeah for never let that come darling through. students stop using the copy paste <laughs> here, here. Just, 
PSA for all of our darling students. Mm -hmm. Stop using it. Um, yeah, because I, th I think you just write yourself into a, a different land, and then how do you get back? It's really I hard. Mean, yeah. 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 So, no, the concept is, for me, and I'm so much about words in my... <laughs> that sentence is horrible grammatically. <laughs> um, me like words. <laughs> me, me like words. Yes. <laughs> Bring me words. Um, no, I, I think... I think there have been very few successful pieces of mine that are not tied back to just a few individual words. Yeah, I and can, if you think yeah. about strife, the way and, we've yeah. strife and crossed, um, and now toil is the newest one in that chain. I don't think um, I've heard that one yet. Uh, it hasn't been premiered. <laughs> oh, so I'm glad I didn't say I love that one because yeah. then I would have been yeah. really rude. <laughs> We'd all have laughed about it in like two years when it's actually premiered. <laughs> Um, no, I, uh, am doing like this daisy chain of pieces based on Shakespeare words. Um, oh, cool. so I take one, I pull one word out of a usually monologue, but not always, and then base the entire piece on it. So the first one was for two soprano saxophones and that was crossed. And then strife is for alto and, uh, alto saxophone and bassoon. Toil is now for two bassoons. So it's every other one is for two like instruments. Mm. And then I introduce a new instrument, which will be the next, you know, alike duo. Um, so yeah, Toil was next, and then Deject is going to be after that, and that will be for bassoon and percussion. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. So this is, I'm planning this to be just like a, you know, what, it may be a lifelong thing. I don't know. For now, it's amusing, and I'm, it'll keep being a thing until it stops being a cool. thing. We'll just see how long that lasts. That's but awesome. yeah, the, the words are all really important to me, so... Mm -hmm. Well, it helps you generate materials. So we all have our different mm -hmm. ways of doing it. So that's cool. Yep. That's what makes your music awesome. Oh, thanks. Yours too. Oh, but not the words thing because I don't think yours is quite as, as like obsessed with words. But in this piece, <laughs> it definitely is. So well, when I'm just running I'm... myself around my own head in circles here. <laughs> when I'm writing, when I'm using words, definitely. I think about yeah. the words a lot. Uh -huh. and I, and I ha do you ever find that you get these strings where you write the same kind of piece or like genre piece or so over and over again like for a while there it was like only flute pieces and then it was all choral pieces and I was like mm. now I'm like in this saxophone kind of world right now and so it's just interesting um, I tell people that um, that my portfolio has been made on saxophones and sopranos mm. Mm -hmm. Like I, I live in that world and it's partially because, you know, they, they go to each other's recitals. Mm -hmm. And so the next singer will ask for a new piece and at, at a singer's recital and then I, I'll be at a saxophone concert and that then the next saxophonist will be like, well, I need one. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I want one too. And, and I need to write for piano. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's how I ended up in this. Right now I'm writing a ton of vocal music, which is also why I'm living in the land of words. Mm. Is I'm I'm either generating a lot of text or um or getting permission, which is a, a process. It's a it process is to get it permission. Is, it is a process. Um so yeah, and I know um some composers recommend never writing your own text. And it's because managing the integrity of the text form is a thing of itself mm -hmm. and composers don't always pay attention to that. They want to know what words will serve the piece. And so sometimes they overuse some and just repeat to serve the music. 
mm-hmm. and that's something I don't want to do. So yeah, I, I try to find a balance, but. Well, I don't write words <sighs> for pieces because it would be something like, I had fun. It had just begun. <laughs> Then I went for a run. <laughs> and yet I hate poetry like that, but that's what I would write. So that's why I don't ever set my own words. <laughs> oh, my God. I am tearing apart a story right now because I don't think I can get permission to write yep. using text from the story. So I'm going to use the structure, which is about an afternoon on a beach. And even, like, you'll, you'll get the passage of time through it, mm-hmm. which is from the story. But everything else, I think I'm going to just jumble the words and turn them into gibberish and get the sense of what that sound would have been on the beach without actually using any of the te- – any of the – no, the good – the teacher's good. No, the words. <laughs> Jeez. The words from the story. It's sleepy time there. What can you – what can you say? <laughs> just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, anyways, well, it's this been, has been fun. Yeah, it has been fun. And I apologize if, if you could hear the, the saw next door. Um, <laughs> they were building um, a patio out of and cutting concrete tiles or something. I don't know. It was very loud. So oh. I hope that we didn't get too much of that in the recording. That's okay. Usually a cat tries to break in about a quarter of the way through the recording session and she cries and you can hear her and it's oh. sad and she's a tiny cat so we all feel sort of bad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, usually we're like, why are you destroying the house that we don't own? <laughs> That's usually a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Well, anyways, uh, yep, we've talked about words, pieces, cats, and construction. I think we've covered it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, I'm glad we got to do this today. Yeah. Um, thank you for, you know, going through with it. I was I was worried, <laughs> but I think it turned out okay. So I think if we took a picture of this setup, then uh, Rob and Andrew would be highly disappointed in me. Um, but, <laughs> but we made it work. We, we got it. <laughs> Composers are scrappy. So that's Composers good. are scrappy. That's... <laughs> The truth. <laughs> I think that's how we should end. Composers All right. are scrappy. Good night. Good night. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find out more about adjective new music or lexical tones, please go to our website, www.adjectivenewmusic.com. <laughs>